Yeah. I wrote down the last joke he told because it's yeah. so absurd. If I cared about freshness, I'd fuck my vegetable crisper. <laughs> it's like, what? Nate, thanks for taking the time to do this and being patient while we figure it out. Oh. Hey, thank you for asking me, and I totally know. Like, I've had so many of these sorts of things where it's like, uh, give me give me 15 yeah. more minutes, please. Thank you so much. Don't, please don't run away. <laughs> I have nothing if you're not here. And you guys at least have the two of you. Fortunately, we don't bring on <laughs> if I'm not celebrities here. that often, so we don't have to have the, like, pressure ah. of being like, oh, my God. It's really just me getting drunker while we do it, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's what makes good good just shows, you know. Like we just uh, the episode yeah. <laughs> the ice the ice sound clearly yeah. sounds like it's melting because I'm at the bottom of the glass. <laughs> the only person that ever notices yeah. is us too, because you go through that edit and you're like, oh yeah, I actually don't sound that bad, but I definitely did mumble that word together, and I can just <laughs> cut that out because I I said it again. It should be recording. Which it won't have sound, but if he does anything weird or wonky, or we do weird or wonky, it will be capturing both of us. Excellent. If I <laughs> if I show you my saggy, nearly 40-year-old ass, that'll be fun. <laughs> Is that going to be a feature? Because I feel like that would be a first time for Funky Spunk to get some actual Funky some Spunk on there. action, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, welcome. Hello. To episode eight. Season two of Funky Spunk, and we have a special guest today. A very special guest, and we are not dating him. Nope. Uh, we <laughs> might, though, call him our podcast daddy. Uh. <laughs> you could call me the pod father, too, if you no, want. Pod pod father I don't know. That ties into the... Okay, fine. <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> Nate, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. I, I really... I gotta say, I love your show. I've listened to every single episode, and I'm I'm a subscriber now, so I, I just listened to the uh, the cheating episode, which I found very mm-hmm. very fun. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, honestly, like you're bringing a lot of really good thoughts to these shows that they have something under the surface, but it's not always as deep as we try to make it. And I think back when these shows aired, they seemed much deeper sure. than they do now. Yeah. But you know, you're you're plumbing new depths, and I I think it's brilliant. So I'm plumbing I'm so psyched to be depths. on, especially. I know that sounds so much better than dick jokes. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, you really well, I mean, plumbing new depths is like saying laying pipes, so it's <laughs> it's just as gross. <laughs> awesome. I'm here for it though. Uh, so Nate is you are an author, and a publisher, and a podcaster. Damn media man. Yeah, I'm I'm very busy. Yeah, I'm very busy with things that don't make me any money at all, but <laughs> I love doing all of it. So, yeah, yeah. Just pumping that yeah. content out there. Um, yeah, I got uh, I, I have a couple of books out. Um, I am a co-founder of Space Boy Books, which is a science fiction indie press neat. that's in Denver that we we publish. Uh, we've been publishing since 2017. So oh. this is going to be year four of probably five books coming out again this year. Oh, my goodness. The next one's coming out oh. in uh, at the end of February. So it might actually, this might be an, an adequately timed plug Ooh. that uh, the first book of 2021, Anointed by Pam Jones, will be coming out. It's about cults and uh, religious fanaticism in in Texas, in her sort of fictional Andermitt County. So, yeah, it's Fucking great stuff. amazing. Let me know if that book wants to sponsor our podcast, because obviously podcast listeners just want more crime, more cults. Word. Yeah. Oh, man. 
<laughs> like, uh, 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 there's there's nothing but, like, it's true crime, and then, oh, it's just all over the place. We just have to look at some bit, somebody having a worse time than we are. I think that's really where we're all at right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's very relatable. <laughs> well, and uh, this podcast, we are going to talk about, what are we going to talk about, Brett? Uh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we have Nate on, which is our first like crossover. What we failed to mention is that he runs our podcast uh, group, a vague idea podcast, mm-hmm. which is dope. I thought we covered that in the the Podfather. Uh, you mentioned a Podfather. <laughs> okay, fine. In this episode, we are going to cover comedy clubs. Comedy we clubs. are going to cover Donald uh, Trump. Donald Trump. Oh, oh my God! I cannot wait. I, yeah, <laughs> of all of the ug- of all of the like unappetizing things to see in this particular uh-huh. episode of Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Seeing Donald Trump for 20 seconds was the closest I came to actually vomiting. Hearing his mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. And we're going to cover uh, urban myths. Yes. So yes. get excited. Saggy butts, maybe. <laughs> and saggy butts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Let's get got, into it. We got a lot to cover here. Welcome to our podcast, where we discuss Sex in the City episode by episode. We explore how these stories shaped our understanding of being a modern woman and what sexuality can be. And all those naughty, saggy bits. I'm saggy. Zimmy, your cultural sex guide. And I am Britt, your super sex-positive pop culture geek. And this is Funky Spunk. Let's do it to it, honey. Let's do it to it. <laughs> Sorry, I just I, I love this. I love the music Me you guys too, have on actually. the show too, which is a good thing since it's my show. But yeah, really love good find. Yeah, no, it gets it gets you in the groove. It really amps you up to listen to to, to everything after the opening bumper. <laughs> let's let's yeah. talk about this episode. Let's what happened. Wait, hold on. Should we ask him his fam- familiarity with Sex in the City? I mean, you can ask him. He's right there. Okay. (laughs) Nate, can you give us an understanding of where you're at with the Sex and the City series? Have you watched it? Do you know the characters? Do you identify as a character? Because if you do, we do want to know that information. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, geez, I've seen probably, I would say, a third of the run of the show. I, I there's I have a whole there's a whole lot of gaps, but what I can tell you is just from this episode alone, when Steve showed up, I was elated <laughs> because I, I fucking love Steve. So good. Steve is one of the most endearingly nice characters on this show. I mean, aside from Aiden and and oh, a few he's other people. Very anyway. familiar. But like, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm pretty I'm pr- I'm yeah I'm I'm kind of up on it. Yeah. I'm kind of up on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of, I think I would almost be a Steve for the most part because he's just sort of dopely optimistic, <laughs> and and I feel like I've been that way in in several of my past relationships at least, where it's just like, hey, don't don't worry about this so much. Let's just have fun being together instead of uh, you know getting too overly involved in, I guess, whatever the labeling or the uh, doubt. Mm. Because, I mean, this episode's all about For doubt sure. and fear Absolutely. and things, among other. So, Did you yeah. like this episode since you've seen other ones? Yeah, I did. 
what I, I think my big takeaway was this episode was so quickly Mm. paced and it almost didn't, like, it didn't really make any sense. It feels Mm. like it's, it feels like it's sort of a bunch of stuff that they wanted, but that didn't actually make a story arc. Yeah. It's kind of, it feels like filler. It's not bad filler. But it felt like it felt like kind of a filler. So, episode. as someone who like actually creates stories and make them makes them make sense, is do you feel like there's a possibility that in the writers' room, because it's about urban legend, that they wanted to create some some chaos to maybe disconnect you from what was happening with the characters? I mean, it certainly it it follows that if your plan here is to just sort of set up kind of a a. The, the myth that they're talking about, the urban myth they're talking about, is essentially mm-hmm. a fairy tale, right? The idea that you're going to meet someone at random, and that person is going to completely change your in fortunes in your life. Always in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be so <laughs> dramatic. It's going to be like the end of every episode of How I Met Your Mother, which is a show that is predicated entirely on debunking this episode of sure, Sex and the City, I guess. That's an accurate statement. Uh, <laughs> but... But yeah, I, I think that what was so interesting to me is it's sort of the, the comedy club scene at the opening doesn't have to be there for any reason other than to motivate Miranda to be ready to be negative about everything that Charlotte's going to say. Because Charlotte's not even really mm-hmm. in the episode. Right. It's like they, they had a contract that, you know, Kristen Davis had to be in the show, but they were like, we don't really have anything yeah. to do today. It's like they forgot about it. So we it just need to like, sit shit. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. Um, do we, where do we have a dopey uh, teddy bear unicorn <laughs> thing that she can say? Five lines and then get her off the set. Um, so yeah, they, they kind of throw that in and it's just sort of to set Miranda up on this negative bent so that she can have the turn when it turns out, yeah, Steve's actually a mm-hmm. good guy. And you can have a one-night stand that turns into something that could be meaningful. I would almost argue that for as chaotic and fast-paced as this episode is, and for the fact that it's lacking a story arc, I think this episode is critical for the movement in the season. This episode moves people's perception so much further. And like, not necessarily with Charlotte. You're right, she's not really in the episode. Or Samantha. But I think both Miranda and Carrie, and the friends looking at Carrie and Big... This is a huge step forward in their actual overarching storyline. So while the episode doesn't have your classic understanding of a beginning, middle, and end, I think this is pivotal for moving you forward. And if I've, I don't know if I've seen after this episode, but the way this episode ends with uh, Big basically like outing that Carrie told him about Samantha's dalliance mm-hmm. with the older man and i i'm wondering because and i don't know if either of you know or remember but does that come back to bite anybody because that's the sort of like they end it as like a light joke that's supposed to mean that big's really invested and i and i i love big in this episode i think it's very you know too. he shows up i also don't think he he's presenting a bad ask to be like hey i'm really wiped out is there any way i could mm. not do yeah, this I, like, not dance but, around you know, for your friends tonight we're going to disagree about that. Well, in the essence of this show is they avoid the conversations that they should just have. Because Carrie should have just said, no, I really need you to show up tonight. And he just would have done it. But instead she says, yeah, okay, whatever. And she leaves in a huff and then it's doubt for five minutes mm-hmm. and then he shows up anyway. It's beautiful. Um, but I just wonder if, if there will be any consequences to uh, 
to what's obviously now an open an open sieve between her and him about everything going on with the ladies. I, I don't think there's any pushback, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is actually opening the door for Big to be a regular character in a way that hasn't been before. Because Big and Carrie have been on and off, and the girls have not given him much thought because of their on and off. And this is now the, like, open the door to fully realize what this relationship could or might become right we okay so we jumped right into miranda and her cringy uh (laughs) comedy (laughs) comedy scene and why she's a rage monster but we skipped over carrie and being called a girlfriend for the first time oh right that's important yeah and big singing at a restaurant just the first time to her face uh (laughs) he is such a good singer i enjoyed the hell out of that scene i was like oh this is why we like big. I see. Okay. <laughs> You're constantly surprised by this. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fine. I'm big is growing on me. At this point, I am kind of pro big. Okay. I want someone to serenade <laughs> me at a, Have you Nate, have you ever serenaded your wife at an Italian restaurant? I'm trying to think. I haven't at an Italian restaurant, <laughs> no. I mean, I've definitely bar? sang and played guitar for her before. Um, we've only gone, gosh, I feel like we've only gone to one karaoke bar in, like, in uh, Koreatown oh. in L.A. And I don't know that I actually serenaded. I think I just sang uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart <laughs> to the point of losing my voice. Dedication is pure. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Which I guess, I mean, that's a type <laughs> totally. of serenading. <laughs> totally. She's Absolutely. still married. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it still worked out so i couldn't have been that bad um, yeah i mean what a what a wild what a wild opening because it 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 gives you all this it lays all this background for big that he that he's a regular at this italian at this very like i don't know stereotypical mm-hmm. sure, italian yeah. restaurant where everybody talks the way that you would expect uh, stereotypical well, italians yeah. to talk in a restaurant yeah and, and, you know, checkered tablecloths, and he calls the guy a gangster, and he says, oh, no, I mean, it was so, it was wild, because you really saw the, the, the maitre d' or the, the owner of the restaurant, like, dismiss that, that joke with, <laughs> with so much embarrassment, like, no, no, I'm not a gangster, here, let me take you to the best table, um, but yeah, and then, you know, singing singing Sinatra, uh, delightful. So delightful. You know, why not? It's kind of setting up this, like, fantasy land that they're trying to like create, right? Like, I mean, it's a honeymoon phase, right? Like this is quintessential honeymoon phase for your like butterflies of your stomach. Yeah. So that's where we leave Carrie like at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. She's like just 30 seconds. floating above cannolis and <laughs> candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> She's a girlfriend. And then and then we jump into I, Miranda's cringy starkly different and awful and I have been at that comedy show and I did not I never enjoyed myself at that comedy show yeah uh, uh, the comedian's thing is like douches what's the deal with douches (laughs) which like I I mean I I have to imagine that the people writing this episode either bombed at a comedy club (laughs) at some point or they just knew enough comedians who were total, like, alcoholic assholes. <laughs> and maybe they were all Louis C.K. types and they just, like, took their dicks out everywhere. So they're like, I'm going to get back at it these guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to put the stupidest joke into this guy's mouth. Um, I've been at this cringy show. I was at the comedy store in L.A. 
and Dane Cook just showed up oh. drunk. I'm annoyed by this story, and I wasn't don't even know on the it. bill. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to go up, uh, but he did, and he did a set, and he's clearly just sad and drunk, oh. and just talking shit about everybody in his life. Was not funny at all. Oh. And we were like, oh, I mean, the, there were like just a few claps at the end. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what that just was. <laughs> I'm glad we were your therapist. I had to buy multiple appetizers for this motherfucker. I had a two-drink minimum for this. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) And is there anything worse than being at a live performance, whether it's comedy or, like, a stage performance, and feeling physically embarrassed for the person on stage because you can feel your face i've had that happen a lot like i will over empathize but yeah you start going like oh no what i'm going into shock because this person is tanking so bad that That didn't seem to happen to this comedian though though he was like really embracing it well so was the audience (laughs) it was everybody but their table laughing and i was like they are with a bunch of idiots which is often how i feel at a comedy club when i'm like this is cheap humor like be more clever i expect more from a comedian than just like yeah boobs pussy (laughs) he was really he was commanding a room of like eight people (laughs) really well it was a it was a sparsely outfitted comedy club set (laughs) uh so miranda's having a well i don't know she's having an okay time they both agree that the comedy is terrible they both agree to leave. Miranda makes a funny joke about how, like, he's like, I'm going to go pay the bill. And she's like, if you abandon me here, which sets up for one of the most awkward moments. I I can't even handle what happened there. I cannot imagine being in Miranda's shoes. Getting a call from the wife? The comedian forcing her to answer the cell phone that she has no right to answer. And she's, like, fully, like, no, no. Answers it. Finds out it's the wife because she gets asked, who are you? And she goes, oh, I'm his date. And then the comedian takes the phone and goes on stage to only realize that he just set up a whole fuckery. <laughs> fuckery. A whole fuckery. <laughs> oh. And he's way too proud Dude, of himself, too. Yeah. Like, it's like it's it, he he struck yeah, he struck he, oil right there because he was terrible and that was the most interesting thing that it's probably the most interesting thing that happens in his entire <laughs> comedy career, which he will then turn into a skit to tell over and over and over again, which sends Miranda into this rage. I don't. I honestly, I can relate to this. I oh can, yeah, I can relate to like the rage monster just taking over your life because something like this ridiculous happened because also what we learn is he had explicitly told Miranda that he was divorced and that he had been divorced for three years so there was no gray area in are they separated will the wife still call none of that and so when the wife shows up he's like well we're actually separated and Miranda's like not fucking good enough man we laid this out on the table and you lied yeah which brings us to the round table because Miranda, they're at their cafe and Miranda's explaining this and Charlotte, which is probably her only appearance that I can remember <laughs> in the yeah. episode. I kind of think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no wonder Kristen Davis has never won an Emmy. Yeah. Oh My, God, Kristen, don't listen to this podcast. Well, now she's not coming on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. She uh, she was my favorite one when I was younger, for oh, sure. So no. maybe that'll uh, convince her to that? come on the show. Oh. Huh? We got love, Charlotte. We'll just invite both of you. 
Um, she is talking about how her, her sister's friend's friend's friend, I don't know, knows somebody who rode in on a horse in the rain and fell in love with somebody who got divorced and whatever. It sounds ridiculous, right? Like, as she's telling it, you're, like, rolling your eyes. As the viewer, you're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, bitch, I'm sure. <laughs> this whole scene, which we'll get into, but this whole scene, I was like, I'm unfamiliar with all of these things. Is this some, like, pre-internet level of urban legends? Like, therefore, you know, I kind of came of age with the internet, so these urban legends couldn't exist? I don't know. No, I think this happens. I think you hear, like, your girlfriends being like, I don't know, he's thinking about leaving his wife. They're totally, you know, and, like, Mm. they make up these stories. Mm. I don't think, I mean, Nate, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I can tell... In a in a in a stereotypical hetero male circle, you're not sitting around talking about like I don't know this girl I was dating like knew this other person who I was dating who was like fell in love with this person. I don't know. I don't know if you I have love much when Jimmy does voices. <laughs> 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 That was very. That was, that was very was accurate. Um, you and I loved it every second of it. I'm I'm a little bit of an enigma because most of my friends and I, through high school and and early college, all of my my close like we were all kind of close emo oh, bros. Yes. So we did talk about romantic shit like that, and now. I do have. <laughs> And I have a I have a story that is one of those like this is a fairy tale oh. moment that happened and then turned out to be a disaster. But I, I had a New Year's that uh, this was more than probably fifteen years ago now, uh, well before I met my my lovely wife who is who is I'm happy that I'm with her instead of this person <laughs> who I met at this New nice. Year's. I'm but glad in any you case, able to say that I go to this yeah I go to this New Year's party. It is a frigid night. The hostess of the party says no one is leaving. Everybody just has to stay here. I meet there. I, I end up like talking with this other woman who's at this party. She like doesn't really seem that interested in me, and I'm not really that. In, I'm not like trying for anything. Mm-hmm. My friend who's with me is like hitting on her pretty aggressively, and some point around like midnight or a little bit before she comes and sits next to me and she says hey you know your, your friend's been hitting on me all night and i really wish you would have asked oh, shit. No. i was like oh, oh. well okay <laughs> baby boy and so you know so i end up asking for a number and we you know we kind of make out or whatever for a, a little bit that night because nobody's going anywhere it's too cold and we're not allowed to leave this house until, sure, until daylight so we have this like we have this pretty like magical romantic evening where uh I get up in the morning groggy from mm-hmm. champagne and everything, and we kiss each other goodbye, and she says, promise you're going to call me. And I say, well, yeah, Uh-oh. of course. I, nothing like this has ever happened in my entire life. And then, of course, yes, I, I, I call her like two oh, or three so days later. Call. I try to be respectful of some sort of sense of distance. Yeah, I call to try to have a date. She doesn't answer. She doesn't Ugh. call me back. A week passes. Oh. She she ends up sending me a text and be like, I'm really uh-huh. busy. Uh so I'm kind of just like I'm holding out that that hope, uh, and then, I, God, I think another couple of weeks passed, and she called and she was like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. I want to come over and and 
you know, I just want to, I just want to see you. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe this is the moment where this uh, magical My moment turns into the magic raised. that I'm hoping for. <laughs> I see them. <laughs> and so she comes over and she's like, so yeah, I'm just not, I'm not really going to date anybody now. And I was like, oh, okay. Liz Lemon cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I basically was just like, you know, we, we could have had this conversation over the phone. She was like, well, I want to do it in person because that's respectful. Well, and I was like, well, I mean, it is and it isn't. No, <laughs> like, time, yeah. At some point, <laughs> just just be clear with me. So anyway, so I mean, that sort of magic does exist, I think. But but I think that the point here with this myth is it's we we impose the magic mm, on the situation. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a, do you have a... Oh my God, I have been in love with everybody. Do you know how many people <laughs> I've met on the internet because I am quite an internet active person and been like, well, they're my soulmate. <laughs> I have an acronym for one of them that I fell in love with. Like everybody's like SM asterisk asterisk because I'm terrified that they would hear this and potentially be like, shit, I knew she loved me. <laughs> And I did. I did love you. So yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I, the um, the person that creates fairy tales out of absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay, so they're at the round table and they're talking about the fact that they're, like, I think the sp- the table is split, right? Sam and Miranda are like, "Fuck this! Fuck mm-hmm. you! This mm-hmm. never happens." get out of fairy tale land and Miranda, probably when in, you're back right in this moment and i'm making this point because i'm gonna unmake this point later in the episode but in this moment miranda is validated in her anger yeah well mm, 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 mm. i'm gonna take it away later but in this moment the day after she finds out she went on a date with a married man and yeah like, okay yeah she that's is a bad day valid oh yeah in her anger that's a bad thing. And you get she's yeah, righteous as fuck right now. You get to be right ragey yeah. and make all these grand negative statements because that shit sucked. You get that. But she carries it on to her friends. Yes. But um, boom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she takes it out on Carrie. <laughs> now Carrie blows her off to go hang out with her boyfriend. Okay, dick move. Dick move. But still, you know the I don't know how long veal. I don't eat veal, so I don't know how long <laughs> it just veal really like stays fresh. Miranda or makes whatever. this moan about like politically incorrect meat, and I fucking <laughs> so died. Good. So good, <laughs> click, yeah, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> but she's pissed, right? Like, fuck you for blowing me off and not really. Li- I mean, this isn't the like nobody texts, ex- right? Yeah. You have to pay extra to text. Yeah, well, I don't even think it's text. She left a message on her voicemail at home. Mm -hmm. So this is after the round table. And, like, Miranda calls being like, where the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. It kind of cements what what I think. And and you've both brought this up several times. But there is a theme on this show where Carrie is sort of... A terrible person. She lacks the capacity. Yeah, she lacks the capacity to be concerned about other people. Because whatever happens, like, she is so easily manipulated by outside energy, but so unable to sort of exude something positive for other people. Like, it only takes the suggestion that magic doesn't happen for mm-hmm. her to doubt her relationship with mm-hmm. Big completely, as, as it pretty much does every single time she has doubts about any 
well, man she's dating. I think you're um, on something because Zimmy yeah. has brought up multiple times about how when Carrie is and is not acknowledging boundaries. And I think we're seeing that in this episode because Miranda makes a statement. And as you just said, it kind of propels Carrie into this like... Is it true? Is it not true? And therefore, she completely disregards all boundaries in her quest to find out. Totally. But in all of this rage, enter Steve. (gasps) Yeah. I love Steve. I really do. Steve is just wonderful. And I got to say, like, what a what a torso on Mm. Steve. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -mm -mm. I, I. (laughs) <laughs> I am a married man, but I appreciate the fact that he's he's just like yes, hunky. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he is scooter on steroids, and oh, he is. Uh huh. <laughs> and I like it. I'm here for it. Turns out, Skip, Skippy, Skippy, Skipper? shit, scooter, Skippy. <laughs> Fuck, I don't like him anyway. He kind of calls Miranda out <laughs> on her bullshit instantly. Yeah, actually, so. It was a little cringy at the beginning of that conversation. It was so though. cringy. And like, also, I don't know. How did he keep trying? telling her to say please or As a thank you? As a bartender, I was like, yeah. yes. Okay, I get it. definitely get it. Get it. taught people manners right. in my bartending slash serving background. Absolutely. But what was the most cringy for me is like, why would Steve keep trying? She's a bitch. Bail. Red <laughs> flags. <laughs> Not enjoyable. Obviously thankful he didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's, I mean, that's what's so beautiful. Like they, I think that Steve's one of the best written characters on the show because he is who he is yes. from the get, right? He is going to be trying forever. No spoilers for the rest of this show, but he's going to be trying forever. Like that's what yeah. he does. He's not a quitter. And, and yeah, he's showing it today. Actually, he's hard on his that's sleeve. That's why I think he shows up in such a perfect time because mm. Miranda's in her ragey, like, Men don't show up. They lie. They don't show up. And Steve showed up in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Multiple times. Absolutely. And yeah. he continues to do that. But that, that that he showed up in this episode, I think, is really key for his yeah, character. I love that. I love that. Uh, should we pause for a modern day update? Oh, I mean, sure. <laughs> so we... All by this point know that Sex and the City is coming back for a 10-episode run. Uh, We know Samantha did not sign back on. Kim Cattrall is not coming. Uh, We've already speculated as to what happens to her. But... Have you heard about any of this, Nate? I saw that... So I've heard through through the two of you that Kim Cattrall Mm -hmm. will not be on. And I saw a headline, I think actually last night after I watched this episode, that... Neither yeah. Chris Noth nor the actor who portrays no, Steve no. will be on the show Falling either. apart before our very eyes. I know! And I think this is going to taint the way I look at future episodes as we move forward in a really weird way. Because, like, both those relationships were so intensely fought for. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly jumping ahead here. But, yeah. you know, this is news. And if you don't follow page six, I don't follow page six. It's fine. If you don't, it's fine. I don't follow page six. But if you don't. <laughs> They're not coming to the new season. <laughs> so, so you both posited maybe that that Samantha's died. Is that what you yes, talked uh, about? My, yeah, we had talked about that maybe because she had she. Ooh, I mean, we're spoiler alert. I, she fights breast cancer at the end mm-hmm. of the series. 
and beats it right. throughout the movies. Mm-hmm. But because she wasn't on, I, I my my idea was that they met back up, like all the characters met back up at her funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I I mean I love that. I'm now starting to think that maybe. This is like a uh, Richie Valens Big Bopper mm. situation with Buddy Holly, where Steve, <laughs> Big, and Samantha are all on the same private jet flying to some book launch I mean, for maybe. Carrie, and they they all go that down in a storm. Such a New York exit. Yeah, I'm kind of here yep. for that. I'm right? here for it too. It went dark. <laughs> it's just like it's just a really Killing tragic episode. <laughs> When all of your friends die, is it possible also, to love again? Also, current speculation, to continue down this tangent, current speculation is that Carrie is going to realize that Big is the piece of shit that Burt Reiser has always known he has been and is going to leave him to go back to Aiden. Interesting. Yeah, that's current speculation. That's not just mm-hmm. me. Like, people are saying it. Be the universe? <laughs> Yo, the internet. I, I could see. Internet I could see Big... I could see Big getting involved in some sort of business deal that required him to be mm, apart from her that's and kind him of choosing actually that over her for whatever happen. reason. Yeah. Not not even, I don't know, not even because he doesn't care, but it would be sort of that, like, everything's cool a little bit, and because, and maybe he just returns to being, like, limo big versus being in-person big, because I think he's basically a weird superhero in that, like, limo big is, <laughs> is inaccessible and... Uh, <laughs> And ensconced in mystery, and then, like, in-person big is this gregarious weirdo. Um, So I actually think they're going to do something like that with Steve. It will break my heart if they have a moment. God, we're so far ahead in the show. Okay, we're going to get back to the point, but I do want to say that it will break my heart if it turns out that Steve and Miranda split and that they were raising Brady as separate parents. Um, And Mm. so I'm hoping that there's something about, like, Brady... Like going off to college, so Steve is taking him to Oxford or something. Oh my God, he's going to be in college. He's, g- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same with Charlotte's yeah. kids are going to be like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, ready. yeah. I'm not ready. Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's come back to 1999. <laughs> do we know? Do we know if Trey's going to be back on this reboot though? <laughs> no one cares about him. He is dead. <laughs> I mean, I he might like be the only Lachlan, other person who might be willing to be on the show. Right now, they're dropping like flies. Dude, they're <laughs> dropping like, just because yeah. they got the three of the core four <laughs> doesn't mean the rest of the cast gives a shit. Mm-mm. But we do. Mm-mm. I do. Come back. Okay, but let's bring it back. Let's okay. bring it back. Okay, okay. Carrie okay. wants Big to know her friends more. Mm-hmm. She, I think, is feeling a little attacked by this whole urban legend thing and mm-hmm. wants to prove that they are not that. Because they're on their second time. Mm-hmm. And... To be completely honest, my partner and I have broken up multiple times. I think we have two breakups in our beginning years. And so I do remember the moment of getting back together and my girlfriends being like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you horny or are you back together? <laughs> Which, honestly, valid question. Unsure. But fast forward, <laughs> we've now been extra committed for the last five years. So, like, we're in it, like, we have kittens now, you know, like we're in it. Um, you have kittens, you're committed. Yeah. They, <laughs> 20 years, motherfucker. We basically have fucking children, except for they're cuter. Okay. <laughs> Rain it in. 
<laughs> but I do understand this desperate attempt because I can very vividly remember living this moment where I'm like, hey, babe, uh, I really want my girlfriends to get to know you, especially on the second time around. And he tried. He tried to bail out of it. Like, I lived this experience. Mm -hmm. And so Carrie's rage and her humiliation, I was like, this is real. This is, yeah. Okay. I feel like he tried to, during dinner, kind of explain that he wasn't ready for it. I don't. Not in so many words, but like his body language was like, I I just wish that she would have picked up like, okay, maybe you're not ready to like have a sit down with my friends. But of course, she just like bulldozed over that. Classic add a line of dialogue and it would have cleared everything up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he because he gives his coy big smirk and says, oh, uh, all right. You know, he's not he's not committal, but he's not Mm -hmm. non-committal. And that is such a weird zone. I mean, it's just in reality, that's the weird band where if you're in a relationship with anybody and they're neither enthusiastic nor unenthusiastic, you're probably Mm -hmm. fucked. (laughs) Word. So you just, you want to find one or the Mm -hmm. other. You'd rather get a no or a yes. Uh, Yeah, it's, I think it's so interesting because, yeah, Carrie is, is, she is grasping for her own Mm -hmm. validation because her insecurity is, is just, yeah, lit up. By the potential that he could be not as interested as she thinks he is. And that all of this sort of whimsical magic that they're experiencing where he's engaged and wants to hang out with her is going to end suddenly. Um, but it's, I don't know, I think it's i think it's so tricky because he's kind of very evidently inviting her into his world in a way that is... At least, and again, I haven't watched a lot before this, or I can't remember after, so, so I don't know exactly chronologically. <laughs> it's so peace. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're in Big's house mm-hmm. for this episode, which I I remember so many episodes where Carrie's sitting on her bed in her apartment, typing away and pondering mm-hmm. things, but very few times that they're in Big's place. So they're in a whole new set piece to show that, you know, Big has this dope CRT TV on a stand in his kitchen because he's rich guy. I didn't know. And it's 1999. I didn't either. But here we are coming in with that. I said that too. Technology. My wife was like, "What's a CRT TV?" Oh, I was like, "No, the the thick ones. That's that's all it is." Yeah, all of our listeners know what a CRT TV is. Absolutely. (laughs) Your wife is coming in clutch with the the tech knowledge. Right. (laughs) um but yeah i I, yeah i don't know i don't know where i was going with that so it's it's uh that scene actually uh that corner of his kitchen is used several times even throughout the movies and it's always their like their pivotal moments Mm. where they where their relationship is moving forward Mm -hmm. they're in that spot the sauce spoiler alert sorry guys when he when he's proposing he they're in that spot Mm mm-hmm so it's the, yeah, it's the heart of intimacy, right? I mean, kitchens always represent that. I mean, anybody who's ever gone to a mm-hmm. party knows that all the best conversations mm-hmm. happen in the kitchen, yeah. et cetera. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so she wants him, she, he tries to bail. Yes. She doesn't have the heart to tell his friend, her friends. They're sitting, waiting for their table at the restaurant, and yes. waiting, waiting, waiting. He finally, like... Oh, while they're also waiting, I think it's worthwhile to say that Steve is there. 
And then there's the awkward moment. Steve does show up. He he's he's there trying to get Miranda's attention, and she doesn't want anything to do with it. She's just she's, being a bitch. She's and she so meanly says, "Oh, you know, I just had a one night stand with a bartender." Mm-hmm. Like she tosses him aside in front of everybody, it, which was it was so, so hurtful. hurtful. And it's also you know there's a little bit of classism here that I think we have to un- that we have to like level this foundation mm-hmm. for future Miranda Steve interactions sure, because yeah. Miranda is a Harvard graduate lawyer. She is working to be partner at her law firm. Steve is a competent bartender who also seems happy as a bartender, right? Like there's no shame when I'm coming from a poor person's background. There's no shame in being a bartender. But I think it starts, it levels out their entire relationship with this kind of classist underlying theme That's that Miranda just does right off mm-hmm. the bat. I didn't really even think about it, but oh, yeah. Yeah. it was so insulting. Like, I mean, I've been a bartender a million times over. And if you had just sat, called me like a bartender flippity do, you invalidate all of your own intelligence and your own passions and your own interests and like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Steve, <laughs> Steve's like, I don't know why you hate men so much, but I'm out of here. And then big, like, w- on his white horse, mm-hmm. just comes sweeping down the just stairway. Just as Carrie's about to admit that he's not coming. Yeah. Like, saved by the mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's, like, just wet enough mm. from the rain because he alludes to the fact that it will be <laughs> raining later and that's part of the reason why sure. he wants to beg off i'm tired and I, it's gonna rain i kind of agree with i don't like going out in the rain yeah. <laughs> oh no i was like yeah, yeah. I, I get that if it was gonna rain i'd be like you know, my hair i don't know i don't feel like getting really wet when it's dry so <laughs> <laughs> but he shows up and he's just like it's like someone just missed him <laughs> oh, yeah. at a salon he doesn't look that wet. His jacket is not wet. The makeup artist just like sprayed Evian on him. <laughs> Gently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll only be spritzed with sparkling water. Thank you. As a makeup artist, I kept it in my bag. <laughs> nice. I'm rolling my ass again. I can't. I can't. This is not. <laughs> so they're having they're having a you know moment with Big and they're like talking, but Miranda like realizes that she's been like an icy bitch the entire mm-hmm. time, and that maybe magic can happen, and goes outside and has and makes out with Steve in the rain. Yep, they're soaked. Which I'm here for. It's corny, but I'm here for it. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's super sweet, and it's the it's that thing that just I mean, like I, I mentioned, how I met your mother before. Like just people coming together in the rain and having a romantic embrace. It if if it doesn't move your heart, then like just I don't know. Start <laughs> digging graves. Like pick a new job because the, there's Watch no the hope boys. for you. Like that is. <laughs> 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 it is it is such a beautiful moment you feel so good because you feel like miranda re- is like redeemed mm-hmm. in that moment it's like it's biblical she's being baptized sure. by yeah. love in that moment and it's it's completely and it changes the whole tenor of the series for seasons yeah. to come, so. i i yeah. loved it just because i can relate to like the the raginess of it and i was like oh my god she's not gonna be stuck in this forever and that's that's how i See, I loved it because Steve stuck to his guns. I mean, you will, uh, 
Nate alluded to this earlier where like Steve is authentically himself throughout the entire movement of the show. And this is such a moment where he's like, look, I fucking tried and this is on you. This is not on me. And I refuse to carry your bags. So like figure this out. And I love that because Miranda is that character to carry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Love it. So love, it. love does exist. I love love. <laughs> we are. Do you, does anyone have anything to add? Oh, we forgot Samantha's entire storyline. Oh, shit. Yeah, we got to talk about the Samantha <laughs> thing, because the Samantha thing is the coup de gras of the it whole fucking show. This episode, like, actually so good. I'm probably going to have to, like, sneak this in earlier. <laughs> We'll move that audio right up. Front. No, we're coming. We're coming right <laughs> in. We'll just fix it in post. Just like some people's butts and ages. It's fine. So, okay. I got so caught up on sexy Steve that I couldn't talk about old butts. We need to discuss old butts. Um, okay, okay. So during the round table, so like fat rewind. Let's. Samantha goes and buys a cocktail after work for herself. Mm. Well, but Samantha's bitter. At the round table, Samantha sides with Miranda on this bitterness about how this, like, fantasy love affair can't exist, right? Fast forward, after work, she decides to get a cocktail. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have been Samantha being like, yeah, I'm just going to pop in for a quick drink on my way home because I'm feeling social but, like, can't find somebody to be social with. So I'm going to do this. And my life has never turned into what Samantha's life is. She's at a bar, a martini bar. I've gone after work to have a cocktail by myself at the at the bar. Just yeah. like not I don't know. I think I'm trying to relate back to the like fantasy of it. I don't think she's trying to like meet somebody. Is what I'm saying. I think okay, she's fine. just like there. All right, fine. I didn't pick up that she's trying to meet someone. However, she's looking over at fucking <sighs> Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah, what a painful, vomit-inducing moment in this. He just won't go away. (laughs) It is. Yeah, he's he's in the past, the present, and unfortunately, possibly. At the time of recording, it is February 2021, and we all just want to move the fuck on. And here we are discussing Sex in the City from 20 years ago, and motherfuckers like. I'm Alec Baldwin, and I can do the. If he had, if he had Venmo, (laughs) (laughs) if he had Venmo, I would send him a request for his royalties that he collected off Mm. of me watching this episode because I want that fucking money back. Yes, I am here for that kind of (laughs) passive behavior, aggressive behavior. I'm here for it. Okay, so (laughs) all right, fucking Trump (laughs) is in the corner with. A character that we don't recognize. We find no, out later it's Ed. But is probably of the same age slash slightly older than Donald Trump. Yeah. Which I think is important to realize that they are two older men in the corner looking rich and fantastic. Mm-hmm. They make well, eyes. Trump doesn't look fantastic. No, he looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want us to beep over his name the whole episode. We can do that. We'll just find a sound okay. effect for it. Okay, good. Ooh, it's yeah. I love it. Yeah, if you could just like insert <laughs> yeah. a fart noise, yep. that would be perfect. I'm, I'm on it. Guess I'm who's fucking, in the corner? I'm fucking on it. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed and Samantha are making eyes at each other, and they end up hanging out a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's buying her jewelry. 
Oh my God. He not just jewelry. It's like Cartier tennis bracelet with matching necklace. Samantha is the most repulsive I have ever seen her be. She's like <laughs> high pitched. He gives it to her on, on those under those Literally like the, a silver platter. Yeah, like the whatever yes. the food cover thing, which is just like the most dramatic. Meanwhile, oh, the best part delightful. about the entire episode is the maid. Best character so of the show. Maid. Entirely rolling her eyes <laughs> and then being prepared at the end to hand Samantha her coat. God, the maid. Best character. Is this this maid is like kind of in love with Ed though, right? They are roughly the same age. No, I think this maid is. Fed she up has probably with him. been with Ed since he was like twenty. I, I think there's a possibility that she's probably been in love with him, and now she's just like she's seen this same story over and mm, over and yeah, over again, that, and she's just so fucking sure. bored with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I um, she ends up running out of the apartment because she sees old butt. Right, she the like Carrie as a yeah. voiceover talks about how you know maybe inside it feels no different, maybe in the dark it feels no different, but when he gets up to use a little boy's room, that's not a little boy any longer. I was less repulsed by <laughs> old butt. I'm gonna be honest with you. I might have when I was watching it the first time, like at 16, probably more repulsed because I was like, oh my gosh, butts do that, and I don't know. But less repulse now. I think it, w- it would have been more powerful for me if he had, like, taken his dentures out and, like, oh. put them by the bed for them to have sex. Okay. I have a question for the two of you. Yeah. Hypothetically speaking, nothing bad happens to your partners, but do you guys split? You're roughly Samantha's age. Let's call that the <laughs> mid-30s, moving into the 40s. Mm-hmm. What is your age cap? Oh, what's the age ceiling? Mm-hmm. What is it? Especially if millions, multiple millions are involved. mm and yes, you get an heiress. Unless you want to swing both ways, because we don't shame. Mm-mm. Hey, no, I mean, we're the, the world yes. is our oyster now. Um, I think, I, I honestly think, um, and this is based, okay, when this episode airs, people are not aging the way they mm, age. True. There's so no the ceiling is automatically up. 50 in yeah. fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think it's very easy very easy for me to say sixty is a is a good ceiling and that and most of that is because it's like it's it becomes a function of how much time is left. If I'm talking about like a serious thing, if you're going to seriously have a relationship with somebody, you don't want it to be like oh cool you're going to be gone in like three months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be that would suck. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's totally feasible to say sixty would be a a, a ceiling point. Okay. So on my top five Uh oh is pierce brosnan Uh, and i believe he is almost 70 (laughs) so i'm gonna say 70 is my age ceiling okie (laughs) dokie it's now a thing we all know yeah he's 67 years old so yeah I'd I'd break a piece of that <laughs> off too. I don't I don't sexy disagree Pierce with you. President. I'll take a sexy. He's 007. got the he's got the silver fox yes. thing going now. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Seventy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My ceiling is much lower. What is your ceiling? I don't know. I get I I don't I don't know if I probably like honestly probably like forty five. <laughs> like I kind of think Carrie and Big's age difference is Sorry. bizarre. Like <laughs> because I so much. Okay, there's two lines of thought here. You so much look at as a partner and somebody to like live your life with, mm-hmm. which I think is wonderful that he is like 
cards up. Here's what I want. Just somebody to have some fun with. Like, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my eyes, you need to be, like, relatively in maybe my same generation to understand the things that we like to understand. Things to talk about, sure. With that being said, I have explicitly stated that if for whatever reason something happens and my partner and I no longer work out, I am marrying for money. So you're moving to the Hamptons. That's been well established. Mm -hmm. So in that (laughs) moment, does my ceiling disappear? I hope. Part of me wants to find out and a part of me would never wish that on my beloved partners who I enjoy so much. And now that's something we know. On that note, we are going to take a quick break (laughs) and we will be back with Sexpert. listener we love pretty things do you i bet you do our newest sponsor is reverie floral a custom floral and design shop located in denver colorado the shop focuses on large events and weddings and rad floral installments reverie's a big fan of us we're a big fan of you so obviously this is a match made in flower filled heaven check them out at reveriefloral.com or on their insta at reverie underscore floral and revel in the pretty with us Steno Denver, you heard us talk about it. Uh, They are one of our major sponsors, but I want to take a moment to tell you why we actually are here. Because we love it. It's the coffee. It is truly the coffee. I show up every day for the coffee. Yeah, we've been all stuck at home. We get to come here every day. It's super clean and safe. and It's a nice way to get out of your house while still being productive. Uh, I get to interact with people in a way that I haven't interacted with people in so long. Right. Get some get some stuff done. He's got a keg. Yeah. I like drinking and I like coffee. If you guys are looking for a co-working space, check out Steno Denver. And our listeners get two free weeks of Which co-working. It's pretty dope because you would be co-working with Zimmy and I. With us. Do you guys want to be our best friends? You want to be best friends? Please. We can be best friends. All right. Check Steno Denver out at stenodenver.com. And use the promo code FUNKYSPUNK. Yeah. Pull that and put a drop in. I think you should even, you should encourage the listeners, anybody who has any sort of music composition capability, throw a, throw a backing track under that. Let's, let's remix Brit. No, but (laughs) I also, if you want to come in with a new, let's do it, do it. And you want to like really lean into our absurd podcast that I want. Mm, mm -hmm. not me and my vocals. All the things. My vocals are already hard enough. But we are back for sexperts. We are. We are. We are. We are. We're focused. We're going to throw some trivia at you. We're going to uh, learn some things. No, I am throwing trivia at you two. Yes, Nate. And everybody is going to learn <gasps> some things. Very special guest and, and me are going to team up while Britt throws mm-hmm. some trivia at us. But we might all learn something. You will, because I learned a lot preparing for this trivia. Excellent. I love that we can hear um, puppy collar jingles in the background <laughs> yeah yeah rocket is hovering beneath uh, my feet. Uh, we're, we're in the mountains and so he's like i don't know what to do with all this right, extra sure, space sure. i'm used to only being three feet away from uh, everyone Nate, i times. know your guys's puppies but do you care to share what your puppies are 
I was going to oh. say, we will need photos yeah, so, so that so we can tell the world because the world likes puppies. Absolutely. Rocket, who is actively jingling and has barked a couple of times mm-hmm. while we've been recording, whether it makes it into the final episode or not, is a is a oh. Welsh corgi. He is uh, <laughs> he's a darling little boy. He he's come into Steno uh, for a long time. I I used to actually care when I got him, I would carry him into the office on my arm oh. like a football oh, a because he was such a little guy, <laughs> and he came into Steno since since pretty much the week the week we got him. And then we also have Toby. Toby's a Maltipoo. What is a Maltipoo? And uh, I think Toby's hanging out with Jenny right now. It's a Maltese poodle mix. Fluffy. So he is uh, he is a long-legged, like, white-haired, curly little guy about about 14 I pounds. was like, golden. We've got Burmese. <laughs> He's all of the above. And somehow they still added an oodle to him. We're, we're going to need photos of, of, <laughs> uh-huh. of the, the whole internet wants that. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll provide. I okay, can provide. Okay, Brett, are you ready? Nate, are you ready? That's the real question. I need you to bring your A game, all right? I feel, I feel good. Game. I, yeah, I, hey, I've only, I've only got A game and sometimes <laughs> F game, so I'm going to give you the A. We will see what you give me because here is the stage that I am creating for you all. Mm-hmm. Listeners, at the beginning we established Nate is our pod father. He runs. And We're not going with with podcast daddy. No, no, okay. no, no, no. If we cut that out of the entire <laughs> podcast, everybody might be okay with that. But it's a it's a callback now, so you have to keep it in. We are um, after this segment. Nate is going to tell you a little bit about a couple of the shows that he runs. But essentially, my understanding is. We have this entire podcast kind of thanks to Nate, right? And we've got mm-hmm. this umbrella and we're into it. And therefore, Nate is pod father and I am ready to question. Okay. Fortunately, <laughs> Nate has on. the opportunity to collaborate with Zimmy. But here we go. Zimmy Jam Jam. These Zimmy are Zimmy all... <laughs> Listen, I'm drinking tequila tonight. <laughs> Everybody's a Samantha on this podcast. Okay, this entire set of three questions. So, you know, a big one uh, is all based around podcasts. Okay, bring it on. Number one. Number one. What year did Apple release the first directory of podcasts on Apple iTunes? It started with roughly 3,000 podcasts. And some estimate that this is what truly launched the podcast medium. So I'm just looking for the year. Okay, well, it's definitely, I mean, when did the first iPhone come out? I think like 2006. Okay. That's a good starting point for you too. Or, or, or 2008 maybe. Um, I mean, I have a guess for the podcast. I was going to say, it comes out on iTunes. So I guess that's what I should really underline here is that it's the first time it appears on in the iTunes store. Okay. I don't know mm-hmm. if that aligns with the actual iPod. Okay. I'd have to fact check that. Nate? I think it's 2009. 2009. Let me think where I was in 2009. Coming out of college. I haven't... I definitely haven't listened to a podcast, but I'm in media. I know that it's an option. All right. I say like, we, let's go with... Let's go with 2009. Final answer? All right. Final answer. Well, it's wrong. Yeah. Shit. 
<laughs> oh no. June 28th, 2005. Oh, really? So wow. I, I did extensive podcasting research, which we can nerd about after the show. I won't put that all on tape for the listeners to have to endear. Uh, <laughs> no, no, let's make them sit through it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> podcasting, they argue, there are some people that argue that it started in the late 80s when the internet started. Um, you know, RSS feeds and such have been around forever. But sure. other people had said that it didn't truly become anything that most people could access until iTunes did an update to their iTunes. I think it's like update 4.17.25 or whatever. Um, but on June 28, 2005, and they listed a directory of 3,000 podcasts, which actually the people who had hosted those podcasts then went into a spiral because their servers couldn't handle the amount of download and listen from that many people being able to approach their podcasts. Do you have an example of a podcast that was available in 2005? Uh, potentially, but it might hurt a future question. Oh, sure. Okay, question number two. Question number two. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the most popular podcast of all time? Rogan. Of the all time. Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's it's got to be Rogan as, as painful it is, as it is to say that. It's, it's I would assume Rogan. that it's something like uh, current because of the, the range, like the availability of podcasts now, mm -hmm. the ability to download. And, I mean, he's number, he's the top three, right? Mm -hmm. Downloaded. I don't know if he's the top. That's I don't not know. a part of my know. trivia. Therefore, that's not research I did. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you have any? But I mean, I don't want it to be him. But I mean, I know, I know of, I know of longer running podcasts, but I don't think they're more popular. And like, Serial didn't continue in the way that it started. So while it was probably the most popular for a clip, I think Rogan's gotta be because otherwise, it's like uh, uh, News Wars or something. And I don't right. want it to be that. Did Rush Limbaugh have <laughs> something, some hatred, some poisonous? Rest in piss. Rest in Twitter. <laughs> well, you guys are once again wrong. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I will say Joe Rogan does receive 11 million downloads a week. Which I mean, is that's substantial. Substantial and ridiculous. So who is it? Serial. Season one of Serial was downloaded 340 uh, million times. Nate, that's on me. That's on me. Actually, I'm going to take that one. Okay. I'm sorry. I was like, no, no, they couldn't have possibly <laughs> done this. Yeah, no, I mean, because it, it, it's so short-lived. I mean, it's a really important story. That is a great season of but just you journalism. Argue that Serial is probably what got most people, like podcasting has surged since 2014. That yeah. first season appeared in 2014. And it was my first podcast. It was my partner's first podcast two years before me. And then we were on a road trip and he was like, shut up and listen to this. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. and then I loved every second of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it made it, it made it a must listen for the normies for sure. Like that was, that was the, the turning normies. point. We don't have, we don't have like my favorite murder without. Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So this transitions nicely. Um, cereal is related. Brent is feeling confident. Oh, she well, you guys good. are zero to do right now. Yeah, she's and kicking I'm the shit out of us, so she better feel confident. arc of information that everybody <laughs> is just on the edge of their seats waiting for. 
Okay, cereal is related to this next question, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, because Sarah Koenig and the major producer, whose name I forgot, maybe Nancy something, she goes on to do S-Town, which is important in podcast culture, too. S-Town's really really good. good. Actually, S-Town is what got me into podcasts, because I'm not a true crime person, but, like, the personality aspect of S-Town just... I feel like it was more of a feature story. Yeah. Well, actually, the article, which yeah. we'll link in the show notes, um, these last two facts both come from a Vulture art- article that goes into the great podcast rush. It's so interesting if you like long reads. So interesting. So, who is the spiritual godfather of podcasts? And Nate, it ain't you. <laughs> I, I, hey, I don't think it is. <laughs> I wouldn't pretend. Wait, you're not our daddy? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No. Shut her down. (laughs) So, okay, the spiritual godfather to all of podcasting? And I will tell the history behind this, but I want you to think about the idea of storytelling and narrative over air. Because when you... Yeah, so it's Garrison Keillor. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Probably. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that a I mean, Prairie Home Companion is the is the place where you would have weekly visited narrative that also incorporated some local news and weird whimsical mm-hmm. stuff. Because um, otherwise, what it's uh, oh shoot, the very old guy that used to do radio show where he would oh. tell you a story about somebody and then surprise uh. you with who it was, Paul something. Um, I'm just looking at you two struggle. Oh. I'm not here to help. I even remember his like wife's address when he like, like what is her it? address? Like her? No, like she her she addressed the air when like you went. Um, bull. Bull. Is bull an answer? <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> I mean, I I, th- I I would go with Garrison Keeler and okay, hope yeah, that we'll that's go, yeah, we'll that that's sure, something. Sure, sure, okay, sure. okay, okay, okay. So give you some background the spiritual godfather of podcasts is because so many people that went on to do incredible things within podcasting such as sarah conan and her incredible producer that i've already discussed who's there we will put that in fact check um started here and here in 1995 did we lose you we can't hear nate we can't hear. Did our headphones die? Yeah. Shit. Stop recording. Oh. Oh no! There it is. Sorry. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Am I back? <laughs> All right. Some something something weird crashed with this for a moment, but I okay. think it's okay We're fine. now. Carry on. How much did you hear of All me? Right. Because <laughs> I probably need to restart that for this to make sense. Um, you were saying, uh. You were talking about the, you said Sarah Koenig and the producer whose name you couldn't remember. Okay. So part of the reason that this person is listed is because he then went on to launch multiple podcast people that, the people that are influential on creating the podcast world we live in right now. He, He helped create Sarah Koenig and... I think her name is Nancy. We'll fact check that maybe from Serial. Mm-hmm. But also like Alex Bloomberg, who went on to start Gimlet Media, Reply All, so on and so forth. Planet Money. Okay, drum roll, please. Drum roll. Brrr. 
Ira Glass from This American Life. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 1995, he created This American Life, which was on the radio. It is forever tied to public radio. But in 2006, it became a staple to the podcast network. So you can follow This American Life week by week. But it is the narrative and the storytelling that has created this level of intimacy for you to know all of Britt Reiser's sexual habits, but not all of the people she may or may not have cuddled with over time. <laughs> you know, this will throw back to things I'm not telling people. <laughs> but that level of intimacy is not yeah. Interesting. Unless you listen. Ira Glass was notorious for outing all of his sexual partners <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> But he's got those glasses, so he just seems so harmless. But I uh, okay, so we're over three, but we yeah. learned some shit. You learned a lot, and I'm just here yeah. to be your podcast historian. And this vulture article actually informational. So, like, read the vulture article if you care about. We this will nerdy definitely ass shit. put it in the show notes. Nate, is there anything you want to plug while you are here? It sounds like a lot of things. Oh man, yeah. So I'll, I'll plug, I'll obviously plug this show. If you're already listening to the show, <laughs> continue listening to it because Funky Spunk's a lot of fun. You should subscribe, rate, and review yeah, it thanks. wherever you listen. Um, you can also check out my my show, A Vague Idea, yes. which is a comedy trivia podcast. Uh, the theme changes every week. It's goofy. You it's Because uh, you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just, you know, what we should do is a crossover where you collect every single answer that was not mm. gotten correct and it'll be like a Brit's grab bag trivia Brits episode. That could be kind bag. of fun. I like it. All right. What what are what else yeah. are we plugging, Nate? So we got we got a vague idea. We've also got Roll for Blank, which is our actual play Dungeons Dragons so podcast fun. that uh, that Rex mm-hmm. Roberts is mm-hmm. on. Zimmy is also on that show for a couple mm-hmm. episodes. And it is it's a goofy time. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And I mean, I plug the other, the other show on our network, which is the hard pick mining company. If you care about the Denver nuggets uh, or you just casually like listening to people talk about basketball, even if you don't understand who the players are, it's, it's a good show. So you should check it out. Acknowledge that everybody he just mentioned are incredibly entertaining people. So it cannot go wrong. Right. Ever. Even I'm not, what the fuck do I know about sports? But why not? On that is so entertaining that. (laughs) I am here. We're here for it. Nate, thank you so much for joining us this thank week. You. It was a joy. We will yeah. definitely want to have you back. Uh, Funky Spunk Season 2 is brought to you by A Big Idea Podcast Network and Nate. produced by Trash Bag Media. Yeah, it is. It's recorded right here at Steno Denver. A special thanks goes out to Nate Regola, Rex Roberts, Welcome. Bo Hughes, hey, that's <laughs> me. Street, and the wonderful people at our local liquor store who always sell us booze. With a smile, shout out to Illegal Peeps today. Questions for the show, follow us on Instagram at Funky Spunk Podcast or email us at FunkySpunkPod at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Also, if you want to talk about the internet, I love it.